Welcome everyone to the Atomic Cinema Experiment. I am Pierre and joining me as always is Tara. Greetings citizens. This is a science fiction movie podcast. We get together, we've watched the movie and we talk about it. It's really quite that simple. And this is not the episode that we promised you on the last episode you saw because we promised you Alien vs Predator. That is still coming but we have swapped the episodes around since this is now ready to uh, to, to go. It's a brand new movie. We both went to see Moonfall, the new Roland Emmerich film, and we're going to talk about it. We'll start spoiler-free, of course, as we always do. We'll give you a warning before we get into spoilers, and we'll we'll get into it. Uh, Tara insisted that we do this when it came out in theaters. That wasn't interested in waiting for, for streaming or VOD or anything like that. She was like, nope, Peter, we're doing Moonfall. Did you not see the trailers? I did. They looked awesome. I'm, I'm getting a vibe. I'm just going to say this right now. <laughs> I'm getting a vibe. It's, it's reminded me of when I talked to Tim about a Leprechaun movie. I'm getting that kind of vibe. Which I is... don't understand. No, it's not the same thing. First of all, those Leprechaun movies are gold. And <laughs> no coincidence. But I Pot genuinely was excited to see this film. <laughs> um... Yeah, okay. I mean, I'll just get it. I mean, this movie's terrible. Let's just let's get it out of the way right now. It is... <laughs> it is trash. What? <laughs> and we will be talking about why it's trash over the course of this review. <laughs> Are you sure you saw the right film? I, Roland Emmerich is still doing the same tropes and the same types of characters that he's been putting in his very similarly structured films since 1996. Yeah, I agree. It is shocking. How little he has moved on with the world. <laughs> wow. And, and the worlds are very different in this one. In 20 plus years. Um, yeah, I, I mean, the plot of Moonfall, if you don't know it, the moon starts falling <laughs> out of orbit. And of course, that wreaks havoc on Earth. And if it keeps falling, it will eventually just, you know, be an extinction level event, pretty much. Uh, so obviously, for reasons, we, we have to get into it and uh, try and fix it. Uh, you got Patrick Wilson as our lead astronaut, who's a disgraced astronaut cool. after after the prologue. Uh, we we have our weird conspiracy theorist character, who oh boy, uh, I'm going to have so much to say on this prick. Uh, and then we have <gasps> he ha- was like the heart of the movie. <laughs> he was oh my god, he was everything wrong with this movie. And then Halle Berry, what? who... I'm so confused. Halle Berry, who cannot act. I am convinced at this point that Halle Berry is incapable of delivering a line that is yeah, convincing. Yeah, she, she has some pretty funny moments, actually. As a human being. With her acting. <laughs> there's, and, uh, there's a couple of weird editing moments that I think, you know, make her look even worse. But, you know, for whatever reason, they cut out a line or something and it's really disjointed. You can tell they cut something out. But my some of her deliveries is just like... And the contrivances, and obviously, I mean, there's no even point in mentioning the science. Obviously, the science is just all over the shop, but... I thought the science was pretty good. I mean, the science fiction part was great, but, like, (laughs) the way, like, gravity is affected and, you know, all the tides seem to line up. (laughs) Seem to line up. (laughs) With what I know about science. And then... 
you know, I mean, I'll give it credit, it does properly go down the rabbit hole into batshit insane territory in the third act, which I, which I at least appreciate in some level. Oh, yeah. I just wish, do you know what the problem is? Is I think that if this was just less of a, a big budget blockbuster with the same general ideas, it might have more charm. But because it's like these crazy ideas mixed with just like this, all, all these like safe Hollywood like versions of characters and the way they handle the story, it takes all the charm out of just the stupidity of it. And I can't just enjoy the stupidity for the stupidity's sake. It must be so hard to be you. <laughs> To this, not be able to enjoy a movie like this. This movie's terrible. Oh my god, it's so much fun. I, I was rolling my eyes so much. It just something like I couldn't believe how tropey some of these characters were the second they were introduced. Oh, they are super tropey, yeah. Like it is it is shocking. And I won't spoil anything, but it's in the trailer, so I don't think this is a spoiler. But the second they introduce, you know, our, our nerdy Englishman who's the conspiracy theorist, right? What was his name? Just so I've got something to call him. I think his it's John Bradley, right? His the actor? That's the actor, yeah. Uh He's from I mean, I think most people just know him from Game of Thrones. Sure. Uh Houseman's his name though. So like within a minute of introducing this asshole who is like, you know, he, asshole. He, he, he's, he's not he doesn't work he's at so NASA he's, 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 he sneaks into places he's, he's stealing data from satellites with a little bit of uh you know all that stuff's public domain right um then why is he sneaking into a, a, a professor's office to get an email from someone well i mean that stuff is easy to get like uh, okay. he's just making some shortcuts to get it sooner uh, okay okay uh so he's he's been presented as kind of crazy, but he's also kind of a genius who's working some of this stuff out. Like within seconds, I'm like, somehow, some way, he's going to end up on a mission connected space. Well, it's in the trailer. Uh, that's why I'm saying that. <laughs> I don't think it's a spoiler because it's in the trailer. But that is like I don't care how they justify this. It's stupid. Under no circumstance should this guy be. You don't see like yourself in the role of like dreaming of being in space and then here's this guy who's made it he's just like a normal guy like us it's such a stupid we'll get into the spoilers but it's such a stupid moment like the moment where it's like decided is just like no this is dumb movie lo- this is like really dumb movie logic none oh, of this great. makes sense I, I think i think this movie i mean if you want to ask me like if i liked it or not i guess i'll I'll just say it on my own. I thought it was pretty uh, clear from the tone how you felt. <laughs> I really like the film. Okay, let me just say, I saw it last night by myself because I knew we were going to talk about it. Uh-huh. And then I called my mom last night and said, hey, I want to see you tomorrow. I'm going to come by like before you go to work. And she goes, oh, actually, I have the day off. I was hoping we could see a movie together. I'm like, cool. I just saw Moonfall. She's like, oh, dang it. That's the one I wanted to see. And I said, you know what? I'll watch it again. I had a blast. And you know what? My mom had a blast. We both had a blast watching this film. Because this film is fun. So what you I think it's is, super tropey. What, what, what All you, the kids are like terrible actors. Oh yeah, Halle all, Berry, every time she talks yeah. to her son, it's like, there's just, there's no way that's your kid. Like, <laughs> It's all terrible. And she's like crying while talking to him and the kid's just delivering the flattest lines. What, that what is I hilarious. got from this is that it's genetic. 
it's just you it's so funny. You were put out the mum, Carly. My mum also likes like, oh, okay. Well, like, clearly that's where the dumb genes come from then, right? That's what, well, she's that's good what, in Monsters Ball. <laughs> I mean, I never saw Monsters Ball, but Halle Berry has been pretty bad in most things I've seen her in. And well, you can see a lot of Halle Berry in Monsters Ball. Uh, yeah, she's whatever she's like an angel <laughs> okay <laughs> I'm, I'm not gonna watch a movie for that reason though is the point i'm making i'm not like okay. i'm not i'm not some 11 year old going oh there's boobs in a movie all right <laughs> it's not Halle Berry boobs though maybe it turns me into an 11 year old boy it's <laughs> <laughs> uh, also so awkward uh so <laughs> We, we, um, yeah, these characters are tropey, they're annoying, they're trying their best to make Patrick, and I like Patrick Wilson well enough in other things, like, he's not bad, he's perfectly fine, uh, but they're trying really hard to make him be this, like, disgruntled hotshot astronaut who, like, is cool because <laughs> he rides a bike. And actually, was it just me, or is every single time he got on that motorbike, like, a really bad green screen shot? Like, the, the front of his where his apartment was outside of the museum building they go into like every <laughs> no, single shot looked really badly green screen to me the, what i'll say is the there's there's a, a scene where um john bradley pulls up to the griffith observatory and he just oh, like that is, pulls out in front yeah. yeah he just pulls out and parks his car like right in front of it and walks in and i'm like well, you can't park there at the griffith observatory you have to park like all the way down the mountain and then join the giant line or you know queue as you would say to get in and then patrick wilson does the exact same thing like there's no way there's two parking spots like that <laughs> that's the most unbelievable thing in the movie that's the most unbelievable thing in the movie. I'm, I'm sticking with it. <laughs> oh, jeez. Um, like, Roald Emmerich's known for having silly people, like, run away from a thing scenes, right? He's had people run away from ice, he's had people run away from tidal waves, he's had people run yeah. away from, you know, all sorts of things. Th this movie is like, well, we've done all the things before, how about we do, like, they run away from gravity distortions oh, which is amazing yeah. which, which ends up being a, basically a tidal wave with some extra like funnel looking parts and driving just becomes mario kart where you could just fly it's <laughs> i mean this movie is tons this is definitely his best one since the day after tomorrow <laughs> listen to what you're saying <laughs> listen to the sentence you just said what the movies are fun okay what do you want from me? I'm a red, white, and blue blooded American. <laughs> I mean, Independence Born Day, in Canada. I like when I was younger. And when we did that for the show, I was like, you know what? This doesn't hold up. Like, I'm over this now. Yeah. Uh, it's Even with the great cast that it has, it's just, it's not that good. Um, yeah. So. Well, Randy Quaid is pretty tough to take in <laughs> modern day. Yeah. So you saying a sentence, this is his best work since the day, day, day after tomorrow. I'm just like, all right. Maybe <laughs> Which we should have done before this movie. Maybe that's technically true, but the bar's low. <laughs> <laughs> this might be my favorite of his films. Like, I really, I honestly, like, I had a blast watching it. I think this well, movie yeah, but... is so fun and it doesn't, like, shy away from what it is. Like, it knows what it is. Sure. It's a dynamic film, so you know what you're getting when you walk in. And, like nobody's like winking at the camera or like nothing's tongue in cheek it's all very serious and like 
and and also just extraordinarily crazy. That's the thing, though. I almost I, I wish it was more schlocky because then at least I could just no. Kinda... <laughs> I don't want it to be self-aware. No, not self-aware. Schlocky's not self-aware. I'm saying more schlocky. I, I'm saying it takes itself a bit too seriously at times and tries to like we actually give a shit about any of this drama. Like just <laughs> the family drama stuff. Although I will say. Like, at first, I, I kind of find it eye-rolly, but, like, those parts make me laugh so much that I do genuinely end up enjoying it. Like, the scene with Halle Berry and her kid is so funny. And also, <laughs> this, this movie has such a 90s trope as well. It's very Roland Emmerich, but there's, there was definitely other things at the time. And it was make, I was cringing every time it did it. Is the, the person gets the insane idea for how to solve a problem from some weird random thing that happens. Uh -huh. For example, he gets an idea at the start of the movie because his cat pisses on a newspaper that has an article about something. His cat? What's the cat's name? Oh my god, don't even make me say it. Don't make me say it. Fuzz Aldrin. Oh. <laughs> it's great. That's hilarious. The whole theater laughed, all six of us. <laughs> you had six? Oh man, there's only, only four people in mine. Couldn't, couldn't me, might I add. Yeah, it's pretty light. Even when I saw it on a Saturday night, it was pretty light. <laughs> Yeah. I think there was like two rows that was maybe full. Yeah. Um, like I'm just going to say it. Cosmos was better. All right. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> Cosmos made me laugh more than this did. Cosmos is hilarious. God, I wish they... I should suggest that to Rift Tracks. Mm, they I'll write yeah. an email. They make, it, they make it something out of that, yeah. Uh, I feel like rough tracks are destined for this one as well. To be honest, like this, this, this <laughs> seems like it's got. Yeah, I wonder if they've done other. I mean, I know they've done Independence Day, but I wonder if they've done any other like big disaster films from Emmerich. Yeah, um, you know, I'm saving the plot and stuff for the spoilers. I'm just trying to think of that. All I will say is the third act. It, it like it's very comparable to a few different movies that I think if I had told you what I'd compare mm -hmm. it to, it would spoil kind of the type of ending it has. But let's just say. Let's just say the moon isn't off its orbit for no reason <laughs> oh sure well i mean i think right at the start of the the movie like the you know conspiracy houseman he's he's saying things like he believes the moon's a superstructure and it's actually been made by some someone else like, i think implying yeah. those things or ideas that are in the film are fine but what i'm talking about is more just like there's like two or three specific movies that it really reminded me of when it went where it went in the in the third act so there's a joke line in this that's taken directly from the Lost World, and that part I was like, "Come on, movie! You think I would get that?" What was the joke? Or is it something you can't the, say? Sarah, Sarah Harding. How many Sarahs do you think are on this island? Oh yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, you're right. Is it that exact joke? You're right. I was like, "Come on, man! <laughs> that's not cool." <laughs> Yeah, and I'm not even that fond of Lost World, but yeah, it's this is, yeah, don't, don't, don't steal from it. I was like, I don't remember anyone yelling, "Don't go in the grass." Don't go in the long grass. <laughs> oh, I think this movie's really fun, and I highly recommend people see it in theaters and probably see it soon because it's not making any money, so it won't last very long. Yeah, um, like it's not the worst thing I've ever seen, but like. I'm just very done with a lot of the things this movie's doing. <laughs> I'm very done with a lot of these jobs. I'm done with the way these characters think and how they make their decisions. And I'm like, the actual like weird ultra sci-fi stuff it gets to by the end, it's like, okay, there's something 
kind of interesting, I guess, about this. I just wish it was told in a way that was, you know, not just this big exposition dump. <laughs> There's so many scenes that are like white knuckles, like biting my nails. What? And... No, because you don't give a shit about any of these characters. That is, no, I'm, I'm disagreeing with that. I'm <laughs> telling you, I'll say it without spoilers, but the launch scene, both times I watched it, was like the best part of the film. That, I was just that, my breath. That scene is just like, we've already done all the disaster movies. Like, how can we... Exce- We're going to put everything in one. Yeah, how can we excessively make this, like, a tense launch sequence and have, like, it under threat? Like, Oh, it works. It's so good. I would debate it works. I, I don't think I agree with that, but... It totally works. Just, okay. Let's get into the spoilers. All right, spoilers from this point on for Moonfall, if you care, which you probably shouldn't, to be honest. But uh, You should care. Go see it. All right, I mean, there's a prologue scene with uh like it's like 10 years ago patrick wilson halle berry and some red shirt are in space uh roland emmerich's making a gravity movie it's the start it's like the start of gravity that's kind of what they're going for obviously not as good uh but they're debating the lyrics of africa by total um (laughs) and i mean this is relatable because i i often have like memorized the, the the wrong lyrics You're so for bad at lyrics yeah so well i it's hilarious knew, really well i knew was wrong in this scene i sympathized with patrick wilson uh over being convinced that the lyrics were something else uh but then a mysterious cloud thing comes and attacks them and like knocks the ship away from the satellite and kills the one guy and uh, halle berry gets knocked out and Patrick Wilson's this hotshot astronaut pilot. He, he's able to land a, a shuttle with no engines and mm-hmm. all sorts of crazy stuff. Um, but then there's a trial. There's or a trial. hearing anyway. Yeah, where basically they don't believe that he saw this cloud thing. They think he's a nut job and it's all his fault because he made an operator error. Uh, so he's stripped of and his... man died up there. ...licenses. He's, you know, we skipped 10 years later. He's separated from his wife. <laughs> I love the um the captions at like the bottom of the news screen for every time like he's on because mm. his son's like watching him like in the news and stuff. It's just disgraced astronaut and it's all these like really terrible headlines. Anyway, go ahead. <laughs> they they were really fun to read. <laughs> uh, zero G killer <laughs> things like that. Yes, <laughs> they really are. They're so funny. Um, no, so. We skip ahead, and we're kind of introduced to where everyone is now. Halle Berry's like the second in command at NASA or something like that. You know, she's there. Um, Joe was so weird. So they set up the the uh, asshole um, <laughs> Houseman. I don't. What? I don't like this at all. He's like the heart of the movie. He's the best actor there, and he's like so fun to watch. And he's just I, such a likable guy why I, do you hate him i did not think he was amusing at all he was annoying what um not he, at all he was just so nice and sweet and like the relationship with his mom and his cat i and... didn't believe a single thing about this character he was such a cliched like writer's room. He's a good actor <laughs> maybe he is but i didn't get it in this movie what no, no one gets a he chance. Was, this this guy knows exactly what movie he's in, and he's doing a great job. No, I mean, no one gets to shine in this movie because obviously it's not the movie for good acting. But I will say this: Halle Berry still comes off looking much, much worse than everyone else out of the cast. But uh, yeah, she's not good. Maybe not including the kids because some of the kids are quite bad. But oh, the kids are really bad. <laughs> but um, yeah. So 
we introduced that he's figured this thing out. The moon's falling out of orbit, and he's trying to phone NASA. He's trying to, and he gets like the 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 merchandise girl <laughs> at the front desk. She's like, "This is a gift shop. I can connect you to customer service." <laughs> um, but so what was bugging me is, like, oh my god, are they really going to tell me that this guy has noticed that the Earth's out of orbit before NASA has? And what's so funny is that it immediately cuts to NASA and Halle Berry walks in and they're like, oh, by the way, something's happening. The Earth's kind of shifted orbit. And I'm like, oh, okay. So they did figure out, it, it seems like the same time, basically. Mm-hmm. So what's supposedly making Houseman special isn't really that special because he, 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 he... The only thing that's important is that he he tells the like the public. Well, he knows why. Yeah. But he, he tells the public. Well, he doesn't yeah. know why. Not that they went to no, figure no, it out. Say pretty he knows why. <laughs> He's well the speculating why, and he just happens to, to be completely right. That's not knowing why. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> not knowing why at all. Um, <laughs> he and uh, his friend Wiggles or something. Ziggy. <laughs> uh, he can piss off out of the sun as well. Um, so, it, right. So he eventually goes to see. Patrick Wilson, who's behind on his rent, that's a movie trope, uh, he's sneaking out of his window to get away from his landlord, and he's late because he's been up drinking, and he's he's here to do a talk at the observatory, and Houseman's came to see him, to show him- Disgrace astronaut gives talk at the observatory (laughs) to children. To show him numbers, he's there to show him the numbers, and of course he doesn't believe him, which makes sense. Uh, but then, obviously, later that night, when it leaks onto the into the world, and NASA has to admit it and confirm that this is going on, and people are panic buying stuff in the streets. There's apparently a cult. I thought this cult was going to show up later because they show this like bald guy with like, a big Rasputin beard. Yeah, and I was like, he's going to show up later. And instead, we fire get, will rain from the sky. Yeah, instead we get like three hillbillies who are like the bad guys. I was like, yeah. where's the cult? Where's the cult leader? Come on, give me the cult. It. <laughs> wow, they're in. Uh... Colorado. So yeah, they should be uh the same as the Eden's Gate cult from oh. Far Cry Five. <laughs> that's what I, that's my guess. Oh very good. Very good. Uh so this is where the run teacher, but once Patrick Wilson sees all this in the news and goes, Wait, that guy may actually have been onto something. So he he goes back to get the papers from the dumpster and mm-hmm. goes to see him because he's got a talk. He's got he's got a podcast with free bagels he does like a seminar yeah with a bunch of conspiracy nuts and old people who are just there to keep him company i think um (laughs) and it you know they they, they chat about what he thinks is going on and patrick wilson still thinks he's crazy but like we're in this now but it's been right once it's when they're at this hotel that the 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 tidal wave comes in because obviously the the moon's coming down so the the waters and stuff starting to shift like the things are going on um so we get we get a big action sequence where they're like running up the stairs from the water this you know of course houseman can't swim yeah useless prick but patrick wilson saves him yes because he's the hero and all that yes Um, yeah he's disgraced astronaut hero (laughs) well he's only a political disgrace we we know he's not really disgraced we know he's (laughs) we know he's telling the truth right uh Yes. Uh, what else is going on during all this? We're introduced to his son is in jail because he was joyriding. He's he's just like turned eighteen or whatever, and he's his new dad bought him a sports car. Yes, Michael Pina, who's the stepdad now. Uh, Tom. I don't know, Michael Pina. <laughs> <laughs> sure, Michael Pena. Or Pena. Sorry, sorry, sorry. 
there. Not good with the accents. Um, <laughs> but yes, yes, Michael Pena. Uh, he, he's, you know, he's there. Uh, so we're establishing all these characters, and it's like, okay, you're giving me characters so that when whoever, whatever group are going to space to deal with the threat, we're going to have like people try to survive on Earth that we can follow and like root for, and they're they're the ones going to be running away from things and being in danger. Uh, like you know, you can see the structure unfolding as as you're watching it. You, you kind of oh know yeah, totally where it's all going. Um, everybody's got family drama. Yeah, even our nerdy guy's got his mother who's in a home. She's got like uh, memory issues. Yeah, dementia of some type. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and it, it sounds like she survives. Like she gets airlifted out and goes somewhere. Uh, yeah, yeah. With the cat, she's got Fuzz Fuzz Aldrin with her. Oh, so Fuzz is okay too. Yes. Um, what? Uh, so, as far as the main plot stuff goes, though, during all this, because a lot of this all sort of blends together because they're cutting around all this stuff happening, is they send up a shuttle, an international shuttle with astronauts on it to go and look at the moon, because there's a hole in the moon. Like, something's, like, burrowed a hole into the centre of the moon. And they go up and have a look, and yeah. this nanobot cloud, because we find out later on it's technology, it's like a nanobot sort of thing, comes out and kills them. And it's like, oh shit, well, that didn't go so well. And then, and they also point out that when it came out of the moon, the moon started to actually revert back to its correct orbit. Mm-hmm. But then immediately started descending again once the nanobots went in. So it's like, okay, okay. So we have like an alien presence that's doing this. It's not just... Right, Oh, yeah. the, the moon's, I don't know, went off its axis. Oh, shit, it's coming down. <laughs> right. So seemingly, because there's a cause, now we know how to undo the cause. There's a rule established here. Whoa, whoa, whoa. rules. Whoa, whoa. It's not real. We don't know how to undo it. Like, at this point, it's this, like, supernatural we have entity, to draw, basically. At least we have to get rid of this entity somehow, at least oh, draw okay, it out of sure. the moon. Sure, sure. Okay. And the most basic principle, yes. There's an enemy we have to get rid of. <laughs> that is what we've established. <laughs> you, you love rules. That's not really a rule. <laughs> there is rules later on, though, uh, that are very specific. Uh, right. But, yeah, there's a lot of running around. Like, they, they, basically, Halle Berry sends a chopper to go get Patrick Wilson because once she sees... Oh, oh I hated this part, so... So the, the head of NASA resigns, right? He has a couple of awkward scenes with her that are awkwardly edited, but he leaves, and he gives her clearance to all the secrets. And she goes to this super <laughs> the secret warehouse that's NASA-controlled, and for some reason... For some Hawkeye reason... Hawkeye himself. What? <laughs> Hawkeye. Hawkeye. From MASH. From the movie MASH. Donald Sutherland. Donald Sutherland, thank you. Yes. Donald Sutherland comes rolling out in his wheelchair... And despite the fact that she doesn't even pry or prod him, like she, he says, you're not meant to be here. And she says one thing, and he just starts monologuing about the nature <laughs> of the universe. I have clearance. Here's some other guy's badge. <laughs> and he just starts telling her everything and about all the secrets they've got and how they, they were building... Patrick's, Patrick Wilson was right all along. They were building an EMP weapon to take out some entity that might show up one day, but blah, blah, blah. Because uh, she, she, yeah, there's footage. Like his helmet cam actually captured the thing. Yep. So NASA knew all along he was telling the truth. They just didn't want to... Scare the people. Yeah, scare the shit out of people. Um, and that's why they were developing this EMP, right? Because they, they knew this thing was up there and maybe one day they'd have to do it. But uh, but anyway, after all this, she sends a helicopter to get Patrick Wilson, which brings them to their secret base. Uh, and it's like, well, we're going to have to... 
like do something about this right we we have to talk about this and they're not in good terms you know Hausman's there doing comic relief and like interacting with nasa employees and like you know can i say so they, when we get to the launch can i say one of the most weird things about this is that they actually aren't going to be ready in time and the only reason because one of the engines the cooling fails and they're, but the only reason why they can still launch is because they realize that because the earth's coming close to the moon it's altering the gravity meaning it'll be easier to launch and therefore they don't need all three engines and that's why they launch they launch with no crew they launch with just the three people in the shuttle and two yeah, people you couple of buttons boop, yeah. boop, boop, launch <laughs> call me crazy but i feel like you like you need the room full of people to <laughs> like i mean they're there to monitor they're not there to do anything um hmm, i don't know that's all felt a bit everything's controlled by the by the shuttle craft yes yes of course the Halle, rocket and all that Halle Berry gets the idea to go and get the old shuttle out of the museum from her son who's got a toy <laughs> shuttle what does it say on it <laughs> Oh, it says F, uh, the moon. I love that. What a nice touch. I, I guess this is your one F-bomb and your PG-13. Uh, I, I didn't... Uh -huh. But you see it multiple times, so I was like, well, what the... Well, I, no I get, one actually says it. I know, but I'm like... Well, that's what I'm thinking, though. I'm like, what's the the rules here? Like, if it's just written down, can you show it as much as you want, or can you show it Looks maybe like three Will times? Looks like Roland Emmerich uh, answered that question for you. Uh, <laughs> um... So that's where they get the shuttle from, um, right? I feel like I've glossed over because there was definitely more stuff that was making me yell in my head. There was definitely more well, stuff that was making me roll my eyes with the character setups. Oh yeah, there's. A, I mean, Halle Berry's ex-husband is like a general, a really high up general in the military, oh, I don't know, I hate, air force I, or something. Yeah, I, hate, I hated this like side of the plot as well. Well, I mean, it's necessary to have him in there because later we get them turning two keys at the same time, which you know. Elevates this movie by like oh, two I, points. Oh, I, I thought of you, but no, but did it not bother you though that he doesn't go through with it? He, pull, he pulls out. Oh, uh, it just added to the tension. Oh my god. <laughs> <sighs> it's okay. My ex-wife is up there. <laughs> oh, this movie's great. <sighs> You're crazy. The, the first like 40 minutes is just all these character things and all these setups and all these tropes. But when they get to like... The, you know, just before the launch and they've already evacuated everyone because they didn't think they were going to be able to and it's like okay it's still technically possible and Halle Berry wasn't meant to be on the mission but she's like you know what like I'm here I've got experience I can I can do this I can be your co-pilot I'm co -pilot. going with you and then Patrick Wilson turns and looks at Houseman and goes so you figured out these new calculations about you know where the moon's going and the, the, the force the gravitational force and all the, all the rest of yeah. it and he's like yeah you know we're going to need some sort of someone who can do calculations up there and he looks back around at Halle Berry and Halle's like yeah you're right and they both look at him and he does the whole nervous thing he's like no no I get anxiety and I you know I, I have, I have an I have crippling IBS yes uh, like I'm going to be shitting all over the place if you take me up there that's not a good idea and I'm just I'm sitting here going this is like such movie bullshit this moment where the two of them just decide yeah, we should take him as well. That'd be a laugh, wouldn't it? Let's just no. take him. They're they're smiling because they know this is his dream. That he's always wanted to do it. He disclosed to Patrick Wilson that he wanted to be an astronaut when he was a kid. He told his mom. His mom encouraged him. Whereas Patrick Wilson told his mom, and his mom laughed at him. And so he's like, oh, "I'm so sorry you didn't have that like support system, even though you became an I astronaut." I have never been less convinced by an exchange of dialogue in my life 
on, on on as many layers as I was unconvinced with this one, where Halle Berry, where Halle Berry says to Houseman, when he says, but like you know, like I, I don't have approval, and she goes, "Well, I'm the acting head of NASA, and I just approved you. Congratulations." Mm-hmm. I have never been You're less. Co- I have never been less convinced with with a, a moment in my life via her performance the world's gonna v- end via man. the stupidity like... of taking him with them <laughs> okay the uh the, the the one before where she's trying to convince patrick wilson to to do to do this job he's mm. like i got my own problems here she's like the moon is going to crash into the earth your problems won't exist uh, anymore so funny we're all that gonna be so dead. funny what a great line and i love that they're both like not laughing at that uh how do you I, not have fun in this movie? Who are the, you? The lunch scene's horrible, right? Is this overabundance? to you, man? It's so this ex- is the best scene in the movie. It, it's, they, they literally... They're being hit with a gravitational tidal wave and to the point where it's like they have to make this launch in this second or it's going to be too late where they actually get like covered in water and then we they see go the, through yeah, the water we see the rocket emerging from the tidal wave and like his son's watching all like you know my dad may actually be cool that's so horrific. I fist pumped at this scene I mean I didn't care about the sun stuff but I mean, like I, this launch scene was so good and so tense I love that they were like forget the countdown just go <laughs> just start up the rocket and when it did oh this movie's so American do you know what this moment is this moment is a director having visual irritable bell syndrome this is him just exploding from every orifice all over the screen i mean the plot definitely is yeah <laughs> hell i I, man, I, I think i was ready to take a dump sitting there in the audience watching this scene oh that's not very nice <laughs> <laughs> Of all the movies, yeah, I, I know we've looked up this before, but Roland Hemrick is German. God, he's so American, though. His movies—he just knows what we want. <laughs> Not Godzilla. That movie's garbage. Maybe better than this, if I'm honest. Godzilla. I know you like that movie. I don't you're, like it. You're, but... you're some weird weirdo who just likes that movie. That movie's funnier than this is. Oh. <laughs> Oh no, with like the fish vomit. That's a lot of fish. Uh, oh god, that's awful. <laughs> he goes into a chemist and buys a pregnancy test when they've already evacuated all the civilians. <laughs> like, why is she working at the chemist? I was at um, I'm on the biography page for Roland Emmerich still. Uh huh. And the first quote under personal quotes is, "I make movies for the masses." In America, he doesn't say that last part, but uh-huh. man knows what he is. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so they launch into space. Great scene. Cutting edge stuff. It's at this point where I was getting really annoyed at all the subplots with uh, the kids and the because they get like hijacked by like people on the road, and then they they get to like where his stepdad lives with with his mum and that, and then they come out. And then it's like, hey, shit, like the radio said we have to evacuate because the, like all the oxygen's going to leave for a while when the moon gets too close. And like, shit, we have to like think of a solution. So they go to the, the fire station, which leads to that because they go for the oxygen, like tanks and masks. And so, tanks. Okay, I was like, yeah, that's, 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 that's smart enough. Or the SCBA. Enough. 
But then the same filthy scumbags who robbed them before show up. We need that oxygen. And we get like a, we get like this ridiculous car chase, right? Yes. Because they hold them at gunpoint, but because the the son's got a gun from uh, Patrick Wilson that he's able to like hold them off with. <laughs> I love that Patrick Wilson just had a gun at NASA the whole time. <laughs> and they think they would have checked for that. Yeah. <laughs> Because yeah. he's at the NASA facility when well, he's like, "Here you go, son." I don't know if it's like um, <laughs> his. This. I don't know if it's his personal gun though. I think I get the feeling that he like like asked for it off of someone who was like there. Eh, it's probably in a deleted scene. It, I'm sure it, it all makes sense. I mean, at this point, they're really throwing all the rules out the window. Let's be honest. That they're, they're Halle Berry's just approving any or scumbag actually, to to go up into space. I think they're at this moment too. They're, I don't. It, they have like an Air Force base, which should have even more security. I would imagine. Hmm. Yeah. Haven't they already evacuated everyone at this point, though? Isn't it just, like, like a skeleton crew? Yeah. So maybe that's why... I think it's just the two scientists inside yeah. the building. So, yeah, Patrick Wilson probably just went into the... Whoever straps in the... Uh, um, John Bradley's character. Because mm. he gets strapped in, they're like, this could be tight, because it's not made for someone your size. Yes. Yeah, I, I thought I was going to cut back to the the two guys in the control room. Like, maybe not obviously in that control room because they have to evacuate, but I thought we were going to cut to them in a laptop like still helping them, and they never did. They just left the movie at that point. <laughs> no, they, they died. Or we assume they died because they get in the helicopter and the helicopter goes gets hit by the wave. Oh, was that the helicopter? Because there was multiple helicopters. I, I, didn't, I wasn't sure if that was theirs. They, they got into the last one, mm. and they're like doing a moon jump to oh, get it. Yeah, I, thought one, so sh- I thought one of them was going to like hit the blades. <laughs> I am so glad you reminded me of this because that you could, you, they knew this looked stupid because they, they showed as little of it as possible. Whilst, cause, like, <laughs> well, the gravity is affecting them. But they look so silly. The way they were like leaping forward in this like weird slow jump. Oh, I, didn't, I didn't think it was silly. I oh, thought it was funny. It, it was funny because it was stupid. Well, I mean, I thought it was like, oh yeah, the, the gravity is being affected. This is really cool. I thought one of them was going to get their head cut off from the blades. Because mm. you don't do that around a helicopter. <laughs> you don't jump. Well, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> you say obviously, but, you know, there have been accidents. Some people have misjudged how high they jump. Like, I could die. a little jump. A little jump won't hurt anyone. I think there was an actor who died that way. Like, getting off a helicopter and, like, standing up. Before you oh, like right. came off of it, yeah. Really should warn everyone before they get on the helicopter, and then like ten times before they get off. Like when you're getting off, don't stand up, <laughs> stay crouched. Step the rotating blades, right? Exactly. Um, but yes. So yeah, so they have this ridiculous car chase where the the ground's like falling apart as they're like driving against each other. Uh, the villains are in two cars, so we get like you know multiple cars like crashing and uh, sliding and uh, all sorts of things. Big rigs being thrown onto them like there's a tornado. Yes, yes. Uh, uh, ultimately, their thing though is to get into the, the forest. They're going for this like a uh, tunnel and the, the railroad track so they can like for shielding because it's you know yeah you know, under however many, much of a mountain, so it's, it seems mm-hmm. relatively safe. Um. But one of the oxygen masks craps out, uh, so Michael Pena, like, dies heroically giving his daughter his oxygen tank. Yeah. It's it's an okay moment. Yeah. 
And then teenage... I don't really feel a lot for uh, Michael Pena or his family. Nah. And then teenage son of Patrick Wilson goes back to help him, which is an improvement because he's been kind of shitting on him the whole movie. So it's kind of like his arc is that, oh, I'm going to go <laughs> save him. My stepdad, my, my beautiful stepdad. I need to go save him. Uh, and then we've not even mentioned this character because she's so inconsequential up until this point. But Halle Berry's got like a nanny who looks after her son. Yeah. Who's from China. Uh, yeah. And she like goes 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 to help uh, the teenage son, uh, Patrick Wilson's son, uh, because he gets like a tree on top of him. And then if try, she's trying to lift it off. But then like before, the moon affects the gravity. So it's like, oh, no, it's getting really light now because the gravity is changing. So we can <laughs> throw it up and... They end up running and jumping because the, the bridge gets taken out, but because the gravity is low, they just jump it anyway, and they mm-hmm. s- slowly jump across. To... They make it just in the nick of time. Yes. I love that the moon, like, sneaks up on them. Like, you you don't know that the moon's going to be there. Like, oh, oh my can't... God, it's the moon, do, even though it's huge. Do, 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 do you know what it is? It's that moment in the original Godzilla where Godzilla, like, pops up from behind the hill. It's that uh-huh. it's that moment that the moon comes up from behind like a mountain, as if it's yeah. like ominous like, how... and intimidating, like coming after them. I love even the like the opening shot we get the moon rising over Earth because our astronauts are in yeah. space, and it's like this ominous tone, like the moon is being shot like it's Michael Myers or yeah. something. Yeah, <laughs> like... <laughs> uh, because by this point in the movie, like, the moon is close enough that like parts of it are breaking off. But obviously, what we discover it is a built superstructure, so only the outer like yeah, shell. Yeah, it's a Dyson sphere. Yeah, only the outer shell is actual you know rock, moon rock as we know it. All right, so so at the end of the movie when it's left still there it's actually just a big metal ball now <laughs> i do think that it's hilarious that like the family in this colorado mountain has been like staring at like uh mountains around them just get destroyed like totally obliterated by these uh, moon rock meteors and they're like yeah whatever let's just keep moving yeah. <laughs> like, there's no reaction <laughs> they also get down like it's nothing like because at the end of the movie when they reunite with everyone it's like wait how did they get down from that that tunnel with the bridge where the mm-hmm. bridge got taken out like did they walk through the tunnel and like somehow get down the other side? i guess that's what happened but like i guess uh, i mean they just i don't know it st- <laughs> struck me as like a really overlooked uh detail but all right back to the characters in space then the tunnel, yeah it has two entries so yeah. But it's on the opposite end where the moon's not the gravity's not affecting it as much so the characters not like throwing things towards it sorry go ahead yeah the characters in space are working against a clock because the military are going to just nuke the moon at a certain point which isn't doesn't feel like it's going to help at this point it's too close like you're just going to like destroy half the earth at the same time um all the earth from the fallout and to be fair this is one of these movies where you see like i think it's like new york at the end of the movie and it's like this city is like done it's devastated (laughs) oh yeah everything on the on, on coastlines are done yeah um everything else got rained on by meteors also yeah, like, I, I would love to know like, like at least half the population of earth have to be dead after this that's we have to be doing like oh yeah totally three and a half billion or something like that by this point it's like what's going on uh so they're in space and they've got this emp device and the idea is is that the 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 enemy the alien entity can is attracted to it's attracted to technology, but it's only if the technology has also got biological life with it, right? So it's very specific in that it can sense technology, but it won't care about coming after you if, um, or coming after it if there's no biological entity inside it. Um, mm-hmm. And this is important. This is one of these things where I feel like this was a sort of like backtrack thing in the script 
where you know they're sitting down they're writing the script they're making it all work and they realize they need like a reason for later on when they're explaining how this thing escapes the war that happens and we'll talk about that in a bit but it's like oh we'll say that there has to be life inside it and then that's they went back through the script and sort of made it work with everything you know like which is fine like you know sometimes you get it works yeah so sometimes you get the idea for something for the end of your story and then you go back and see the end throughout but so that's okay I'm i'm not saying that as a critique i'm just saying i got that feeling that at some point said we need a reason why this this and this doesn't kill them i was like oh this is why mm-hmm. because uh yeah so uh i did think it was weird though because they do this thing where they, they, they set the, the emp up and it's own little device and they've got a remote and the entity comes out of the hole and it comes for them and patrick Wilson realizes that it's sensing the the remote that that's still technology and therefore like he has to smash it but what's weird is is that in a later scene like it's still working and i'm like wait so you didn't like you know because he, he smashes uh houseman's phone as well because he's taking too long to turn it off so he's like no just give me it just smashes it in frustration um and I, i'm sorry am i glossing over all of houseman's like oh my god the magic of space there's no gravity i love this i'm like in heaven right now yeah i i think uh i thought it was a little bit odd that they weren't right away like like you can't have your phone man like at least turn it off before we go get close to this thing because i think at that point they already knew did, that yeah. it was the technology that was drawing it out. Like, I mean, Halle Berry gives him a kind of a look because he's taking a photo at one point, and I'm like, ah, whatever. But, yes, them not realizing that the phone uh, might be up an issue, <laughs> given what this thing's attracted to, was a bit of a weird choice. Yeah. Um, Come on, guys. It's supposed to be smart. But they start getting smashed up. Uh, they, they decide they have to sort of go into the hole and, and chase it, uh, basically. Because like that's the only way we're going to survive all this rock coming off the moon and everything else that's going on. Um, I'm a bit fuzzy on the details exactly, but they end up riding into the hole and going down. Yeah. To, all right. To the point where after like a little bit, like Houseman says, "Can you get close to the wall or the shaft so I can see it?" And sure enough, it's not rock; it's like metal, and it's like, ah, I was right. This is a structure. Someone built this thing. <laughs> uh and yeah they get to the middle of this thing and there's like you know places where there's alien ships stored there's like a like a well i don't even know what you call it the uh you know like a ring where people can live on mm-hmm. uh like in space it's like it's the elysium ring yeah the elysium <laughs> ring yeah uh there's one yeah. of those uh in there because and they, once you know it there's produce there yeah uh, uh, so, so, that's so you a, is right this is all going on and um they eventually sort of you know run out of oxygen and stuff and uh like but the when the door opens it's like they're, they're being controlled at this point when the door opens to the ship they can breathe uh and when Halle Berry and Houseman wake up Patrick Wilson's just gone right he's missing and a door opens big you know spaceship looking door opens and they walk through. so at this point we're like full of, at this point it's like okay this movie is like going head first into science fiction it already kind of was oh, yeah. obviously for everything it's doing but this is like no we're going full sci-fi with this so patrick Balls wilson to the wall is basically this is where it started reminding me of like other movies obviously there's a lot of contact in this ending i will also say this was very specifically mission to mars um remember with uh, yeah. uh with gary sinise yeah like this i remember that film so brian de palma one of my favorites 
Not Mission to Mars, though. Yeah, yeah. why your favorite directors, <laughs> not why your favorite films. Yes, very important distinction. Uh, like, and he's talking to the AI, the operating system. Not not the evil AI, but this is the operating system of the of the moon. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the moon's got an operating system. That's right. And she explains in a Siri compatible giant exposition <laughs> dump the history of this thing. So basically civilization elsewhere in space and it was humans effectively we, we come from these people we are descendants of these other that's just this being of humans from elsewhere in space mm-hmm. they advanced so much they achieved peace utopia no wars nothing uh, they were all living in space but then one day the the ai tech they had and everything so so it just casually throws into us is also an ai go, goes bad story <laughs> because, judgment day yeah uh but all of the nanobots and all of their alexa devices basically all like combine and form into a big monster and starts killing everyone so they have a, so they have this war with the ai and it's implied this goes on for a while but ultimately they realize that the only way they're going to survive and get out of this is to send out these super structures to go and find planets where they could possibly inhabit humans and similar beings and only one made it out but the reason why the evil AI couldn't find it is because it had to be empty. So therefore, only like this operating system could be on board. With with with, with I presume like embryos and stuff that it could send down and you know. Well, it had get life going. Yeah, it Prometheus. Prometheus. <laughs> I don't know how to say yes. it. It does. pulls a Prometheus. Yes. And yes, begins DNA on Earth from this thing. Yes. And presumably brings potatoes to the Incas or whatever. So. Fuzzy said. And we see a lot of this play out in a sort of montage of all this fantastical stuff happening. And the idea that this AI has been searching across the universe to try and find the one, you know, moon that got away that could have started life. Because it wants to wipe out all of humanity because all organic life is a threat to its existence. So it's not just that it wants to destroy the moon. It's actually using the moon to destroy the Earth. It wants to kill all of humanity as well. Uh, Kill two birds with one stone, as Halle Berry puts it. It's a very big stone, but yes, uh, it does. Um, so- I love those moments where, like, because of Futurama, and they do that Star Trek episode where somebody will explain, like, Star Trek always has this thing where somebody will explain something and it'll be very techy, and then someone else comes in and, like, makes it all concise. And then Bender goes, like, putting too much air into a balloon. And every time I, <laughs> there's a scene where something, like, like killing two birds with one stone. I, I can't help but think of Futurama. Anyway. No, I got it. I got it. Back to you. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's, that's basically it. Yeah. It's, it's like, this is like the, 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 I shouldn't say AI because that's the villain or is the AI. Uh, the, the operating system. Control. Uh, basically, like, gives Patrick Wilson, like, some alien tech or connects to him. So he can now open the doors and stuff, and he's like, okay, they've repaired their ship, they've given us an upgrade for the EMP, it's helping us kill this thing because it wants to survive. The moon's actually Mm -hmm. on our side. The moon is helping us fight this thing. Um, So twist. So that's the twist, is that the moon's presented as this villain, like you say, it's shot like Michael Myers at the start of the movie. No, no, twist, it's not, the moon's the good guy. (laughs) It's just a Dyson sphere, it's got a little proto star or white star or something yeah, white dwarf it's powered, inside it. powered by a white dwarf yeah in the center mm-hmm. um so, so i don't think they'd be able to look at and there must be something in there protecting them i'm going to go out and all i'm here and say that roland emmerich and his writers did not uh give a shit <laughs> or even think of it <laughs> no, they probably were like 
That's not important. Yeah. And you're right. <laughs> so, yes. Patrick also at this point, so look, I need to stay behind. The only way this is going to work is if someone organic, meaning one of them, is inside the, the trap with the, the EMP. So he's going to go on the suicide mission and save the world. And all I'm thinking at this point is like, wait, dude, you've got a son, a family, mm-hmm. uh, so does Halle Berry. Chloe, the one for the job here, <laughs> is Houseman. <laughs> yeah, but he doesn't want to lose another astronaut. Yes. So Houseman takes He's it, got too much drama. Houseman takes it upon himself to sneak into the little pod, shuts the door and says, no, you didn't kill that Give astronaut. Give Patrick Wilson some, some closure. Yeah. You didn't kill that astronaut before. You're not killing me now. I'm doing this in my free will. And you gave me my dream. So I'm going to save the world. And Brilliant writing. <laughs> Shut up. And so sure enough, he does. Uh, and at the end of the movie, the movie actually, I was skipping to the end scene. It's actually him waking up in the operating system. The uh, the, the operating system like copied his brain into the computer. And is like, hey, you're here now for us to like start the, you know, the next phase of what this is. And he's like, sequel. And it's not happening. And he's like, what is it? <laughs> And that's where it cuts to black, and it's like, wait, is is the potential sequel that's never going to happen? Is that supposed to be about how they're going to like start like going elsewhere to populate life, or they're going to unlock secret technology from the moon, or something? Like, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, obviously, the military is going to go check out this Dyson sphere. Yeah, I feel like they'll and like, maybe turn it into a Death Star. I feel like the moon will. Like let them in if it wants to though i feel like the moon is able to just shut off and be like nope not coming in well they i mean that that ai thing took 10 years to drill into it and that had you know tons of technology to do it so here's a question Uh, before the moon came to earth which is a really weird sentence uh what, what would the tides be like would there still be a tide or would it just be still uh no i don't believe there would be no it would just be Calm, just like a lake, just a big lake. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. I don't think tides are necessary for life, which is why mm. astronomers are still like more curious if there's water on other planets or on other moons or anything like that versus um, versus a tide. But you can see how maybe that would stimulate some things. Yeah, I wonder. Yeah, I suppose because they are it's good sp- for growing vegetables and stuff. They are spinning, so I suppose you could argue that the water could still be moving a little bit because of the the spin of the Earth. But I, I don't know. No, I don't think that's how inertia works, though. Yeah, yeah, I'm clearly no expert. I'm, I'm just I'm just posing the question because that, that that sets up that there was a time before the moon was here. <laughs> so yeah. I'm just thinking, okay, so like, yeah, yeah. I, I I have to imagine when it arrived. Obviously, there was no life yet on Earth. Uh, well. <laughs> How, how did the dinosaurs factor into this, actually? It's- well, actually, I thought about that, too, during the movie when I watched it. I was like, oh, and we planted DNA for life. Like, okay, but why'd you make dinosaurs? Is it possible that dinosaurs were 65 million years ago, and then they arrived, like, 30 million years ago? And- no, they say that they, they arrived no. when the Earth was being formed. Oh, they said the moon, that? It has been that, yeah. Okay. The moon has been around that long. There are th- theories that the moon is another celestial body that just got caught hmm. in the orbit, but uh, it appears to have been made around the same time anyway. Oh, in real life you're talking about? Yeah. Okay. Um, 
Well, I'm just pondering the dinosaur question again. Uh, so I guess maybe... I don't know. Like That was so, accidental. Something went wrong, yeah. They mixed the DNA <laughs> up a bit and... Like, well, that's why they had more spheres, but, you know, only uh, one of them got out. But maybe they accidentally mixed an elephant with, like, a, a lizard and, like, oh, shit, we've created <laughs> dinosaurs. And it took millions well, I mean, of years to fix closer, it. They're closer. They're birds, right? They the hollow bones and they walk like birds. I, I just picked something big at random. I wasn't trying to make any sort of <laughs> scientific observation. <laughs> That elephants, as far yeah. as I remember, not including uh, some whales who are bigger, uh, I think are the biggest land animal. Mammal, uh, yeah. yeah. Or land mammal, yeah. Yeah, yeah, because whales are mammals. They sure are. Bizarrely. If you look at their their bones, they have like hands. <laughs> their their flippers and stuff make like a hand bone. It's so bizarre. So they're going like this when they're... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they just have like one really long thumb, but like the, it's like okay, I see it. Like I see how we evolved from the same place. Okay, okay, okay. Uh, so yeah, um, it kind of just glosses over like like how the like there's a bit of getting back to Earth where uh, it's actually Patrick Wilson who who gets knocked out, so Halle Berry has to make up for the opening where she's the one who pilots the ship back down. Great writing. Um, shut up. <laughs> and, but they end up landing, uh, yeah, near New York, and like they they get reunited with their families, which is is very Independence Day. You know the scene from End of Independence Day when like, they're running towards like Will Smith and Jeff Goldblum getting off the ship and they hug. It's that moment. <laughs> Don't you like the moment where Halle Berry's son asks her where she is, and she says, "I'm by the Empire State Building." Isn't that in New York? But it's not, because it's been moved from the moon. <laughs> oh, and so they're out in New York then. Where are they? Colorado. I think they're in, like, Aspen area. No, I mean, I don't think Patrick Wilson and Halle Berry were in Colorado. That's where, that's where the family's in that way. Well, assume... they're somewhere. It looked like the Rockies or something. Yeah, but they just look like the Rockies because... The moon had messed stuff up so much that <laughs> lots of places look like that now. I suppose they could be in like uh, the Yukon or something. Well, because but... it wasn't where the next to a city, because I'm sure they looked over at a city and we see the cities like all dec- decimated and there's like skyscrapers and stuff. <sighs> you know, I saw the movie twice, but I think the movie just ends without them looking over at the city. Maybe oh, the that... kids do. You definitely see a city at some point to work because I remember looking at it going, this city's just done. Like it is like. Like, everything from, like, a certain level down is, like, flooded. Everything above that has been hit by rocks. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Like, you'll be yeah, lucky I'm, if... Yeah, I'm not sure exactly. 2% people survived this who were still in the city. Um, yeah. Yeah, you know. Do you know what? I actually thought I was going to spend more time going through nitpicking moments in this movie, and I think I would have if I had seen it today. But luckily for you, and perhaps the people listening to the show, <laughs> I saw... And I had to go see it on Friday, so... I've forgotten some little moments that I, I can't help with. You, you know which thing I thought was odd that they included in the film? Um, when Michael Pena is at home and the kids are watching the news, it is nothing but like disaster and, and mm-hmm. very dire news. He turns the TV off, but he does it by doing the, I don't want to say, he says, okay, Google, turn off living room TV. And I thought that's, see, do you hear it? I, I hear it, yes. So, like, if people are watching it at home, 
and they have a Google device, they're going to be watching the movie and the TV's going to turn off. <laughs> I hadn't considered that. Uh, mainly because I have no voice activated stuff turned on because I'm good. Um, what a bizarre thing to include in your movie. Like of all the things that Google could have done. Some, someone thought that was funny. I'll say that. So someone's like, I hope this. It's, it's like someone saying Alexa and something, and someone's Alexa being set off. Yeah, there's a South Park episode with that. Yeah. Um. Because I've I've heard that uh like on podcasts and stuff. Like they'll be talking about someone named Alexa, and like someone's phone or like device will keep saying something <laughs> back. It's like shut up, I'm not talking to you. <laughs> <laughs> or Siri. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I don't know. Um. It's th- th- this is a it is a Hollywood disaster movie from Roland Emmerich, who well I didn't expect anything that wasn't a big dumb blockbuster. It's actually impressive almost how he's still using the same types of tropes and characters that he was using in the nineties. Like nothing has changed. Still got the cool guy, who also here's another complaint from me, which I know, <laughs> weird. Yes. Who don't I hate people who are in a public place and need to have their phone on speakerphone, let alone like use FaceTime without any headphones so that everybody can hear their conversation. And he's like fighting with his wife and like her new husband and stuff. And like, what? This guy's an asshole. <laughs> like, if I were anywhere near that, I'd be like, I hate this guy. Like, I understand it builds tension and it's good for the movie, but like, if you step outside what's happening in the film and like look at it in a real life scenario, be like, this guy's an asshole and I hate him. A lot of things in this film don't work if you think about it in a real life scenario. Well, I mean, like you gotta have some sort of dramatic <laughs> disbelief in order for storytelling to be effective. And I think it is here, very much. Should we move on to ratings? I don't know how much you believe that and how much you're just doing a bit. Like, there's definitely, like, a character thing happening here. Look, I am not an actress. I'm not, like... (laughs) There are things in this film that are ridiculous, but I love ridiculous movies. I love bad movies, and I love... So it's a bad movie? A movie that knows what it is. But But you agree it's a bad movie? I agree that there are parts in this film that are bad, hilariously bad. To where it's enjoyable. But I don't think this is a bad movie. I think this is a really fun movie. I don't care. It's not the worst thing I've seen, right? I, you know, I, I didn't enjoy it. I, I didn't... It just... It wasn't quite... Like, it needed to be more amateur for me to be funny. Like, it's, it's too slick because it's too Hollywood. Uh, so it, it just... It comes off in a different vibe. But... <laughs> Yeah, I was rolling my eyes a lot. I'm in, I'm shocked by how much, like, how 90s this felt in every way. I know. Uh, Even the computer that the nerdy guy has is, like, a 90s computer. It's, like, a big mm. box. And the TV that Patrick Wilson uses is, like, a dial turn one. <laughs> He's got, like, tube TVs in his kitchen. Yeah, it's, it's still the 90s. This is still, yeah. like, the leftover stuff from the 90s that he's just done there. The fact that, that people works have, for me. The fact that people have smartphones in this movie is almost like, whoa, what, what is this, the future? <laughs> what are you doing, Roland? Your, your time period is mid-90s, and that's where you feel comfortable, clearly. Um, but, yeah. Uh, that's where we want him. All right, go on then, rate it. Put it out of the <laughs> 
I really enjoyed myself both times when I watched this film. My mother loved the film. Uh, I think because she's... <laughs> Can't wait to hear more future reviews about what Tara's mom thinks of the movies <laughs> we're watching. My mom's got good taste in films. Anyway. Except for Green Book. She really liked Green Book. Whatever. Yeah, I think this movie knows what it is uh, and makes sure that you have a hell of a ride watching it. Um, some of the acting is really, really bad um, to the point where it becomes funny. And some of the acting is really fun. Like, they know what movie they're in and they're hilarious and great. And I enjoyed every scene in this film. I love every time like the moon just suddenly appears and people are like, oh my God, it's here. And gravity starts messing with the waves and the air and the snow. And this movie was a lot of fun. Um, I'm sorry I didn't make a lot of money this weekend, so we're not going to get that trilogy, but that's all right. This movie can be standalone and I will enjoy it when it comes out on video. <laughs> I'm going to give it a 7.5. High praise. Five. All right. Well, I obviously was not as endeared to it for many reasons I've already said, and I would really like to add on that the character of Houseman I think is such a shit like movie. Like he's just this like fabricated movie nerd that is he's supposed to be this heartwarming character, and I never he bought is it. the heart of this film. He was actively annoying as a rating trope the entire time in this film. Like, I am so done with this type of character. Leave him in the uh, 90s. He has no place here. Uh, I will give it a 4 out of 10. Ew. It is a bad movie. It's not the worst thing ever. It's definitely easier to watch because it is silly enough and it does, you know, have effects and things and blah, blah, blah. Uh, beautiful effects. Every time the mood shows up, it's like, it's so fun. But it looks great. Yeah, so that that puts it better than you know stuff that I would rate lower, but it's it's not good. It's not it's, it doesn't even reach the middle. It's it's a four out of ten. This is this is that's moonfall, everyone. That's so cruel. Yeah. Why you gotta be so cruel? Might have been a five without Houseman. <gasps> I don't understand. I really, I honestly, one hundred percent don't understand that take. Like I thought he was the most likable character in the whole I, film. I, he's he's great. just he's just such a cliche movie character to me. Like he, he didn't feel real. He They're felt all like... cliche Roland Emmerich characters. I know, but like, he's he the is... Jeff Goldblum. He's the man I'm. I hate that I'm right all the time, guy. But he just it, it came off to me as so fake that I just I can never buy it. Like, I feel like I feel like they were just trying so hard to make this guy likable, and it just wasn't working for me at all. He, he's like a really likable guy. It, no, 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 terrible. Uh, so there you go. That's Moonfall, everyone. Hopefully you enjoyed our thoughts. Go see it. Go see it in the theaters. No, don't. You go won't see regret it. it. No, you will regret. You'll definitely no, you regret won't. it. It's so much fun. It's uh, yeah. So there you go. That's uh, that's Moonfall. Let us know what you thought of the movie if you've seen it in the comments. Feel free to like, subscribe, ding the bell for notifications, all that stuff helps us out a lot. If you do, I will take this time to thank our Patreon producers for the month. So thank you very much to Tyler Hess, Cindy Palacios, David Sharp, Bordnow, Christopher Moy, David Brown, Al Traisman, and Alison M. Fordyce. They are our Patreon producers for the month. But you can of course support us for much less than that, can't they, Tara? 
That's right, Peter. If you enjoy our reviews, please check out our Patreon page. It's patreon.com slash TV. And if you donate as little as $1 per month, you will get bonus episodes for the Ace. So you can check out what we think of films like The Transfers Saga, um, some David Carradine stuff like Future Zone and Future Force. I know you're all wondering where those are. Extra, uh, Judge Dread, Time Cop. Tara still, the- <laughs> still recommends like a couple of bonus episodes that were the, within the first five that we did like years ago now. <laughs> oh man, they just kind of blur. You know, time is funny that way. The last one we did was The Giver. You should always promote the, the Giver. recent one. Yes. The Giver. The Giver. We just did The Giver. That was a blast. Um, if you enjoy Power Ranger films, find yourself a copy of The Giver. If you wanted Power Rangers, but with more blood and like tentacles, The Giver's for you. So check that out. Mm. Only $1. If you donate $5 per month, you'll get to vote on what we watch. We've got a vote upcoming. So check that out too. Thank you. Yes. Uh, I'm also going to make Tara pose for the thumbnail. So this is a... Uh, I don't know. Either be the moon or be scared of the moon. I don't know. Uh, three, two, one. Pose. You could be the moon. I you could do the like moon. the the um, Majora's Mask moon. Just your face. An angry face. <laughs> Uh, dear. Well, there you go. The moon fell. So did. did. So did my enthusiasm and spirit. Not mine. And, and will to live. All those things. They all fell. Uh, what would the sequel be called? Moonrise? Ooh. I like it. Yeah. It's got to have... Or, I mean, Moonfall 2 would be alright, too. Yeah, but it's not going to fall again. Or if it did... Yeah, like, I know, but I like numbers. Keep things consistent. Okay. All right. I was trying to be cute with it, but all right. Uh, there you go. I suppose that's that's about everything. Is there that I've not done uh, in terms of promotion? I don't think so. I mean, you get to uh, tell them what's coming up next, but I think they already know. They do because uh, AVP, which was going to be before this, uh, has already been recorded. Uh, it will be next. So look forward to AVP. Uh, and then we'll get into something else the week after that. So, thank you very much for joining us. We always appreciate it. Keep watching science fiction. And computer. Add salsa. <laughs>